anybody who's utilizing the data in the right way and, and turning it into bottom line revenue, great. Let's talk about it. Let's shout from the rooftops. We have our, our strategy in place of how we want to be messaging this, how we want to be selling this. Enablement, 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 enablement. Welcome to Make Them Famous, the podcast about partner enablement. The only podcast to uncover both how partner teams enable their partners and how other department leaders enable their partner teams to achieve success. All right, welcome back to the show. Today we learn about an early stage white label partnership with a top full service digital agency called SiteSeeker. Their new but already fully integrated partnership with Lead Forensics. Thomas Armitage from SightSeeker and Michael Graham from Lead Forensics join us in this discussion to help understand the ins and outs of white label partnering and white label partnership enablement. We learn why SightSeeker is white labeling the solution versus just referring. We learn what goes through the mind of the agency when considering white labeling, what makes Lead Forensics comfortable with SiteSeeker selling their solution without branding it, what SiteSeeker has to have in place to ensure they're successful in this relationship, and conversely, what Michael and Lead Forensics have to do to ensure Tom is activated and enabled to get ROI from this partnership, the ongoing enablement strategies of Lead Forensics in this and other partnerships. We talk about the importance of free accounts and white labeling assets to support the partner's sales efforts. We talk about co-marketing and white label assets agenda. We talk about what Lead Forensics has planned to co-sell and create case studies if this is successful. And finally, we learn what Tom's go-to-market strategy is for after this is successful. This was a uniquely insightful episode for me, and I hope you too. But before we dig in, let's learn about three tools that can support your partner program growth. For sponsorship, we aimed for not only great products, but tech used to power some of the top partner programs around. We've invited PartnerStack, ShareWork, and Sendoso to be those sponsors. PartnerStack, for those of you unfamiliar, is the leading partner management platform or PRM for SaaS companies like Monday, Unbounce, Intercom, and Webflow. And it is a company we've worked closely with. We advise many of our post-program market fit clients to demo partner stack when they are ready to scale revenue through partnerships. And we've talked a lot about co-selling in this podcast, so please check out our sponsor for co-selling, sharework.co, a free app that allows partnership managers at top companies like Qualtrics, Full Story, Smart Recruiters, and Sendoso to easily generate partner-sourced and partner-influenced deals thanks to real-time and unlimited account mapping. ShareWork is offering all Make Them Famous listeners a three-month free account to map unlimited accounts, to generate leads, and attribute revenue to partnership managers' efforts. Use the link below to sign up for that offer. Finally, the top sales and partnership teams around know of our third partner, Sendoso, the leading sending platform. Sendoso is the most effective way for revenue generating teams to stand out with new ways to engage at strategic points throughout their customer journey. By connecting digital and physical strategies, companies can engage, acquire, and retain customers easier than ever before. Founded in 2016, Sendoso is trusted by over 500 companies and has a vast global footprint with presence in North America, 
Europe, and Asia Pacific. Learn more at sedoso.com. So thanks again to our amazing sponsors. Now let's get back into the episode. All right, welcome to the show, Tom and Mike. So let's get introductions out of the way, and then we'll dig into this awesome episode. So first, uh, let's introduce our friend here at Lead Forensics, Michael Graham. Go ahead and give us the introduction. Hi, Alex. Yeah, thanks for having me. So yeah, Mike Graham, Head of uh, Partnerships at Lead Forensics. Been with the business near on uh, 10 years now. And uh, we have an awesome agency, one that is planning to white label the solution lead forensics to build a business, a service, a really robust new offering for their clients. They've got high hopes for it. So we're going to talk about that. But Tom, why don't you give us the introduction to your agency, what you guys do and elaborate on what your plan is for the lead forensics relationship. Definitely. Thanks, Alex. Really excited about this. Uh, especially since this partnership is is really in its early stages. So we're, we're really hungry, really excited, and we, we can't wait to see what we can do with it. So I've been at SightSeeker for eight years now. We're a boutique digital marketing agency in upstate New York with remote offices uh, in different parts of the country, a um, variety of different B2B and B2C clients, and uh, a number of software partners that we have in place. And this lead forensics partnership is is one that we're uh, going to do a lot with. So exciting times. Yeah, we're I'm, I'm excited to have met you guys. I don't even remember how this conversation came about, honestly, but I'm really glad it did because you guys are doing something that not a lot of agencies can achieve with success. That is white labeling a solution to build a full service out of. Many agencies will attempt to go the white label, but then they get cold feet in a sense, or just, they run into a couple issues and they're don't have the infrastructure to power it. So they back off and they become a referral partner. Which, there's no harm in that. But I'm really interested when I hear the term white label and I hear what you guys are planning to sell on top of lead forensics as a solution, because there's a lot of components on the partnership level. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be in place. There's a lot of support, all the things that we lean on partnerships for. Um, so building this new business more or less requires that partnership to be in place. And Michael, you are leading the partnerships team at Lead Forensics. Let's talk a little bit about the team itself, the status of your partner program, what types of partners you have. Give us that sort of Wikipedia description of the partner program, if you could. Yeah, sure. So um, we've got four heads, uh, partner managers in the UK, um, three over in the US as well. In, in terms of the profile of the agencies that we work with, it's a real mixed bag, smaller agencies up to elements of the kind of the big four advertising, different partner managers with different skill sets as well, uh, different strengths. Uh, I guess for us, um, an ideal partner fit is a performance-focused, a digital-focused uh, marketing agency. Nomenclature is an issue for a lot of our listeners because they're on both sides of the partnership equation. We have top agencies that listen to this podcast, and we have top tech teams. So let's go through the nomenclature a little bit. So we talked about white labeling. We sometimes refer to that as reselling. Sometimes it's reselling without ever... Obviously, you don't see Lead Forensics brand, but you see... What do you see? Kind of talk me through kind of what it is for Lead Forensics to say you're a reseller, you're a white label partner. What do you guys say internally? What are some of the definitions there? Yeah, I guess the the, the distinction is just removing that brand, right? Removing the Lead Forensics element, uh, making it a, a white label solution. Um, I, I guess also in terms of who does that, it's like you mentioned, it's few and far between really. It's those that are really prepared and 
you know, see the opportunity and, and willing to commit the resource behind it. So, yeah, it's, it's an area that, if I'm honest, we do less of um, and we're, we're probably still learning a lot. And I guess we're going to we're going to be learning a lot through the uh, partnership with SightSeeker as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's uh, relatively underutilized for you guys. It's not an area that many agencies go down. But Tom, let's talk about what the agenda is and then we'll back into how the support is going to work, um, what the real goals are, some of the milestones maybe you have in mind and what would be successful out of this relationship. But let's back up and talk a little bit about what your plan is, what is the service that you're going to set up and sell, and how did Lead Forensics become that solution partner, or sorry, that uh, product partner? Yeah, so we were really intrigued by what Lead Forensics could, could do for us because it would help us fill that funnel and fill that pipeline with semi-warm, warm, even hot leads into the mix, which gave the email side of the equation much more per- purpose. And I think that's what it got us so excited about it and what it's what's exciting our, our clients now, because it's not, it doesn't have to leave the email marketing or lead nurturing side. It doesn't have to leave that to be something stale. It, it, it allows it to be much more active and that gets sales excited and that gets sales able to be much more aggressive with their outreach efforts. Got it. Got it. Now, let me ask you one follow-up question there, Tom. So you can just refer lead forensics. You can white label it, obviously, what you've decided to do. Uh, But what was the mental process? What What were the internal conversations around how you're going to get your clients to utilize the product itself? And then talk about some of the things that you think have to be in place to make sure that that relationship is uh, beneficial to everybody, is uh, creates happy clients. Yeah, this partnership has been in the works for um, a, a few months at this point. So there's been conversations that have already begun with current clients uh, around this technology and around this tool and what it could do for them. So for a lot of those, a lot of those clients are being transparent on the name. We're outright. This is Lead Forensics. This is what it can do. This is what we'd like to deploy and how it could support our current marketing efforts with you. And then for future prospects and and future marketing efforts, we are white labeling it under our own product name of of Site Insights. And that's obviously going to be fully powered by Lead Forensics. And the reason for that is we are going to be complementing the solution with other marketing support efforts as it relates to lead nurturing, as it relates to reporting and analysis, as it relates to um, pay-per-click advertising, all the normal services that we've been offering as an agency for almost 20 years. And obviously some, you know, bode really well with lead forensic more so than other services. And that's how we're trying to package these up and, and package them together, which is why the white labeling offering makes a lot of sense. Important things to consider before you have a white label relationship. Of course, can the tool even be white labeled? Certain solutions, the uh, the client has to live inside that dashboard. They have to be a part of it. You can't white label everything. Uh, Lead Forensics has that ability. A lot of data can come through to your dashboard and then be repackaged up and put into play. There are certain things that don't have to be there, which you could decide later to add that aren't white labelable. I'm thinking about some of the IP analysis stuff. So let's just talk about the product and the position itself and why you can 
have a white label relationship or white label service on top of lead forensics. And then I want to talk about from the partnership standpoint, and then the internal conversations that you guys have had, Mike, on the pros and cons of allowing agencies to do this. Is this something that you guys are going to try to find more agencies to do? Let's talk to the teams out there that haven't considered supporting white label relationships with agencies. And let's give them some food for thought, just you know, devil's advocate, what are the pros and cons? What should other companies know? And what have you guys been talking about? Yeah, sure. And it's, um, you're, you're spot on the money there, really, because, you know, in, in the 10 years that we've been running this partner program, there, there, there was, you know, there's, there's been a lot of requests for it on the occasion, and there's been a lot of no's. And there's probably been a lot of failures in, in that respect as well. So one thing that comes to mind straight off the bat is, would we have allowed a, a white label relationship from the off? Um, probably not because there's not the education in place for the partner. They, you know, they, they don't know enough about the product, the sales process, the customer success, the implementation. So I think a key driver to this, uh, to the relationship and how it's developed is the initial success that we were able to deliver on that existing customer use case that Tom mentioned. So, yeah, so initial success is, is obviously a big one, right? That's what we're all aiming for in, the, in that partner realm. Yeah. So initial success has to be in place. You guys have to check some boxes. You looked at site seeker and you checked some boxes. Can you talk about what you made sure was in place at site seeker before you said, you know what, these guys could probably make this successful. Yeah. Really good fit agency for us. Um, you know, performance and digital focused agencies, ultimately they need to, you know, they need to substantiate that marketing. They need to be able to deliver the, the leads and the ROI off the back of it. So a good fit agency for us in terms of size of business, client profile, the type of business, you know, the type of agency that they specifically are. Um, we had that initial success period that came through. Um, Tom referred to it recently as a honeymoon period, which is, is you know, it's a really important, really, it really struck a chord with me. And uh, I think we're just coming out of the back end of that honeymoon period now, right? So looking into that sort of 12 month plan on ongoing how do we support what marketing enablement needs to be in place what product to name sales train and so on um so yeah there's a lot of work to be done yeah i definitely want to dig into that because mike you did showcase uh your partner enablement communication flow i believe it was you listed out some of the things that you guys do that i really liked inside of our collective.partnerprograms.io uh, for the other partner teams to look at, which was really cool. So I want to learn a little bit more about that, but let's go back to Tom to talk about what has happened since you guys have been in play and some of the things that you've really enjoyed out of working with Lead Forensics. And that could be assets, that could be the type of communication, the channels, um, the support, it could be pass-through discounts, free stuff to get that first client on board, anything at all, Tom. What have you really enjoyed about working with the lead forensics team? Yeah, first off, this this partnership makes a lot of sense because of the type of, of clients that we work with, which are very data-driven, very revenue-driven, and really, really hungry for leads. We really fell in love with their support and how they're willing to go out of their way to, to educate us about this technology and help coach us on what the conversations should look like to woo these clients and win them over and help them fall in love with the with the solution itself. They took multiple meetings with us. They trained our full staff uh, during the onboarding period of, of what the back end looked like, what we would need to know. And I'm in kind of a hybrid role. I do account management. I do some operations and implementation, but I'm also in a sales role. So that was 
really eye-opening for me to be able to you know dig in get my hands dirty with the tool itself so when i'm having sales conversations i can speak to at a much higher level um of at a much deeper level of what the tool is what it can do and to be able to you know see the, the real data and how we can turn those those leads into to real business you know the conversations that we've had throughout with the lead forensics team have been really wonderful and their support throughout it uh, has also been really great too. Awesome. Yeah. I want to find out what that looks like on the support side of things and what they're doing to really enable you, you know, because product, you mentioned a lot about the product. It's, it's important. It has to be there. I think it's bare minimum, but then above that, because you're entering this new business scenario, you're creating a business in, in itself out of this white label relationship. There has to be that ongoing enablement and support. And Mike has to obviously make sure it's ROI positive. You know, there has to be a revenue figure at the end of the day. So he's got to give you a bunch of stuff to make sure you can have success selling this. And then, of course, the sales have to uh, make the relationship an ROI positive relationship. So, Mike, let's talk about some of the things that you know you have to do to make sure Tom is successful in this. Some of the strategies that you deploy, some of the you know onboarding um, steps that you make sure are in place. And then let's talk a little bit about the goals and um, objectives and how you're making sure it's an ROI positive partnership. Sure. And I guess for me, you know, that initial 90 day period, that, that honeymoon period is, you know, massively important to create kind of velocity and impact and set it on the right path. Ultimately, I think with the site seeker crew, you know, they're very performance focused and, and revenue focused with their clients. So is perhaps an easier sell in terms of the concept side but that's really you know step number one for us is talking to an agency about the challenges of a modern day agency which is often substantiating the marketing work that they're doing and, and you know delivering roi from it which you know we, we complement really nicely from there you know we've, we've got that buy-in we've got yep yeah, you know this is this is going to be a good thing for our business whether it be you know just a referrer or we can really we can really upsell this thing um onboarding kind of confirmation of the why the, the value proposition that we're bringing to that agency understanding the agency the hierarchy their you know their business goals three to five year plan whatever it might be the existing martech stack these other things that are around us that we, we shouldn't be so um, kind of arrogant as to think we, should, we shouldn't be playing nicely like yeah, they need to integrate they need to complement each other it needs to be autonomous and easy customer profile understanding that and you know giving case studies and enablement for those for those cases the key stakeholders and, and their focus on an individual level so whether it be head of digital head of account management head of sales all with different challenges all with different pain points within the agency and then i guess finally you kind of get to in the in onboarding phase at least i don't want to drone on for too long i've got plenty more to come but value exchange that that client mapping that overlap and once we have a, a solid successful and, and knowledgeable partner you know we can start to open up the opportunity our side with, with the base that we have of customers who you know also have that requirement for agency skill sets to utilize the data and, and you know consume it commercialize it and make it roi positive like we were talking about for everyone in 
concerned. Yeah, and I want to go a little bit deeper into the enablement side of things because I know you're doing a lot more and would love to hear kind of what your favorite thing to do with enabling new agencies or even activating. We can back up and talk about activating new agencies. So if I was an agency that filled out a form on your partner page, uh, you did your diligence, found out I was a quality agency that's selling to the right audience. Uh, what what do I expect out of the program? I mean, what are some of the things I see and what are some of the things that you make sure to include me in? Anything at all? Yeah. So, you know, product training is obviously paramount. Knowing, knowing that product inside out and being the expert that, you know, the marketing agency are for their client. Integration training as well is a big element for, for us on that. How, you know, how we take this data and we plug it into a wider process. The educational assets, the, the case studies, um, the different use cases that are applicable, the product documents, access to the, to the data itself, whether it be, you know, a live account or like a, a dummy account. Website audits, giving giving something away for free, um, adding some value, understanding you know the opportunity within just a, a potential opportunity, right? Not even not even an opportunity, but that real early phase business development work to I guess ultimately put a partner in a position where it's really easy to do. This makes sense. This adds value. I've got all the materials I need in front of me. You know, let's do it education, making sure product knowledge is is there. Some of the things that work and some of the things that, Tom, let's go back to you, some of the things that your agency have absorbed, gravitated towards, really taken and run with, I guess, more or less. I'd like to hear a little bit about what's really working for you because every partner program is different. Everybody onboards agencies in a different way. Everybody communicates with their agencies through different channels. What are some of the things that you like about your best partnerships? Doesn't have to be lead forensics in this case, but talk to me about in general, what are some of the things that you like about partnerships and maybe some of the things you don't like? Yeah, I'll use lead forensics as the example since it's the newest and shiniest object in front of me right now. I think the beyond the onboarding, the initial uh, training of the tool itself, what's been really helpful is the client audits, us sending over a website of a current client and then taking a look at it. Um, us providing some of those details on what the traffic looks like, the, the type of visitors that come into their website, and having lead forensics let us know if it's a good fit for them and support us on. That, that's been really helpful. And also the, the assets that they've provided. Since we are white labeling in, in most cases, the educational assets that they provided to us, case studies, videos, different bits of information that would obviously help us in our outreach and our go-to-market plan and just the different conversations that we're having have been helpful. We, we leaned on those assets as we built our, our ICP, our, our ideal customer profile. We leaned on those assets when we drew up the script for our own animated video, our explainer video, uh, as we wrote our landing page, as we wrote copy for our email outreach, our LinkedIn messages, really everything that we have in place to go to market with this. We, we started with looking at the the assets they provided to us. And that was that was the starting point. That was really helpful to us. That's great to hear. Yeah, it was very specific. So very important things on the account side, when you're going to sell a new product that you're still learning how to sell, it's important for you to be able to easily get your client, that first client or two onto the product. So Mike's supporting you in offering some level of freedom there. If it's not a free trial, maybe there's a free account that they can play around with, a demo account at the very least, but just something so you can get your clients to quickly add and absorb the feature benefits of that product. Then making sure the assets are flowing. You guys have all the assets you need to sell. You've got to have 
the decks. You've got to have the one sheeters, the comparisons, all of that kind of stuff to make sure you can sell the tool itself, or at least the uh, feature benefits of the solution. Let's talk about that a little bit, Mike, if you can, your recommendations for how much do you really do for these new agencies around creation of assets and whether those are white labeled now that you have this white label relationship or not. I think it's important for teams to understand the perception because some will try to kind of not be on the hook for all of that. I talk to teams on both sides of this um, equation, but where is your, what is your stance on creating those assets for your agency partners? What do you guys do? Where do you kind of draw the line? Yeah, sure. So we, we've got all of our standard stuff, you know, all, all of the, the kind of core marketing material, which is easy and, you know, is applicable for kind of referral partners. We templated out the dual branded side of things as well, which again was a quite a quick and easy fix, you know, add a, add a small box on the left of this document here where the partner can insert their logo. So try and make that as easy as possible as well. And then I, I guess in terms of the more bespoke marketing content, we've got two options. We can grab what we've got and repurpose. Um, or, you know, quite often we'll give like the, I can't remember what it's called, but like the hard copy of a video with no branding and so forth on there. Uh, so I guess the core marketing assets. Awesome. And you, do you hand those over via a Notion account or a Google Drive account or do you just send them off? Yeah, Google Drive. Google Drive at the moment is where the, the majority of it is um, hosted. Um, and I guess for me, you know, again, it's always really in, in the kind of partner program realm. You've got to listen and one thing that's really important is not overwhelming with material. You know, here's a link, crack on. It's probably going to fall on deaf ears, right? So you've got to ask some questions. You've got to understand where these documents are going to fit into the process. Yeah, I guess it's there's a lot of, you know, how would I go about this and what would my recommendations be to you guys on that basis? There's no one right answer. Everybody's doing it differently, which is why these conversations are so important for people to listen to. You know, it's you've, you've got multiple departments that are being asked for different things from the partnership team. You've got multiple types of relationships and everybody wants different things and needs different things. And you have to really, you have to be that balancing board to make sure, yes, agency is taken care of, but obviously you're not pulling too much from your design team and too much from your marketing team and just making sure, you know, things happen and things are getting done, but they're getting done with revenue and budget and all of those important things that you have to keep in mind. So with this white label relationship, it's not something you guys are doing a lot, which means there's probably not a lot of structure yet. You guys are still sort of defining the structure of this white label relationship. But let's talk about some success metrics and some of the things that Mike, first, you need out of this relationship to say, you know what, we're going to go find more people like Tom and Sightseeker and do this again and again. Is there is there an agenda already in place or is this something where you're kind of still testing the waters? Yeah, more, more testing the waters at this stage, uh, I, I think, um, comes back to that sort of determined success element. So we've definitely had that in, you know, the honeymoon period where we've just stepped into this this you know, the next phase of the, the partnership. And I think, again, you know, we need to deliver value and success on, on that stage to then consider going wider. I guess the thing for me throughout it is um, I was always taught that you've got, you know, two ears and one mouth. So just constantly kind of, you know, checking in, how's it, how are things, what challenges have we got, what are the positives, but actively listening actively learning. Yeah. And what is success? I mean, for you, Mike, I mean, what would, what would success look like from the relationship with Tom and this white label scenario? I, I guess, you know, we're, we're all revenue focused at the end of the day. So clients ultimately is a, is a simple, easy answer, but more so, um, 
what does success look like for the agency again, right? What do they want to achieve from this? What, what, you know, what margin needs to be there? What ROI needs to be there? How many customer, how many logos? Is it new markets that they're new, new businesses that they're looking to acquire through this, which actually I think is quite a, quite an important element of this, um, for the guys at SightSeeker. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the conversation. It's like, if this is really one of the first that you're enabling a white label relationship where they're going to brand it something else and you guys are going to support it and give them what they need. Sometimes a beachhead is success. Sometimes having this really key example that you and the partnership team can then market to other agencies like Tom's is success, right? They're the beachhead. They're the shiny example of what you could do with this type of relationship. That's where my head goes to. Yeah, that's exactly where my head goes to. That's why these types of conversations are interesting to have. So Tom, I'd, I, you know, I'd like to hear from you a little bit about what your goals are around the new white label sales, I guess, what, what the sales goals are. Anything that you guys have in place to say, hey, we're going to do it like this. And if this happens, we're going to continue. Or if we don't hit these, we're going to regroup and rethink it. Any any sort of objectives, OKRs, you know, all that fun stuff, Tom. We're definitely okay being, being the guinea pig, Mike. Uh, we're not afraid to to try new things and to test out the waters and, and try to find ways to help our clients and, and help our ourselves generate more more revenues at the end of the day. So um, we're okay with it being a, a little bit loose and, and have it you know, be improved as we go. Um, we're totally comfortable with that. So the way that that we negotiated pricing with lead friends is just based on a, a certain number of, of accounts that we're trying to essentially resell to. Um, that's how it's a, a win 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 for for lead forensics for us and for the, the client as well. So we have a certain number of, of accounts that we're trying to bring on uh, as it relates to lead forensics over the course of the next 12 months. And obviously the hope is to knock that out of the park where we're, we're negotiating another round of those uh, accounts and those licenses for, for lead forensics. So that's what we're trying to do. And on top of that, it's such a good fit for so many clients that we currently have. Obviously, it's not a secret. Most agencies want to continue to build the relationship with current clients as, as a primary goal. So because it's such a good fit, that's really what we're trying to emphasize right now is this is a needed service and needed solutions for a quarter, maybe even a half of the current clients that we currently have on our roster. And that's where we're going to start. And that's where a lot of these conversations have begun because it really makes a lot of sense to add that lead generation element into the lead nurturing services that we already have. From there, obviously, we have a go-to-market strategy in place, and we're going to be trying to leverage this to bring on new accounts. But I think the primary goal this year is to really try and um, enlarge the scopes of work that we currently have with current clients because it, it makes just total sense. Yeah, that could be just it, you know, making those current relationships a little bit more ROI pause, a little bit more margin, maybe a little little stickier even, you know, being ahead of the game, showing your clients that you are doing the new, you know, you're doing that exciting new stuff that clients are going to hear about and they're going to want to make sure that they have in place. So they're going to ask you about this stuff later anyways. So you guys are jumping ahead and packaging it up, productizing it, putting it into the retainers that you're currently selling. And then the next steps. So let's talk about three months down the road or maybe closer to that two, two or three months down the road when you guys have a successful case study from this new white label relationship. Let's talk about some of the things that could happen or maybe are planned 
to happen uh, around co-selling and co-marketing and case studies. Some of the things that you would like to have out of this, um, if nothing else, so you take referrals off of the table, Mike, and think about what could this relationship also generate for lead forensics and for the partner program. Let's talk about some of the things that you would like to have or already have planned, Mike, around co-marketing, co-selling and case study. I think you touched on it, Alex, right? First, firstly, is, you know, if this is something that we can prove uh, benefit in and, and deliver successfully, then, you know, we've got a, a prime case study here, you know, SiteSeeker, how they've managed to monetize around the product. Um, and, you know, we've, we've, we've got quite a large reach as a business. So I'm sure the team, we'd obviously consult them, but I'm sure they wouldn't mind us, you know, talking about them to the high hills and promoting that uh, relationship. I guess in, in terms of the, the co-selling piece, I, I think we're very strong on that. Um, in terms of our product, it, it, you know, it helps marketing get closer to sales. Um, and, and so by on that point, you know, we're typically, we, we, would, we don't only sell to marketing or sales. We, we normally would speak to both in that process. And so for agencies in that position where, you know, this allows them to have that conversation, like get closer to sales, have that conversation with sales, which we're quite well versed in doing. And, and we know, you know, what they want and all the rest of it. I guess, yeah, that, that's kind of where my head's at is if we can get marketing agencies closer to revenue and sales and we can, you know, co-sell with them into those opportunities when, when needed, which we're more than happy to do for, you know, for a valuable partner like SiteSeeker. That, that's again, that beachhead mentality where you need a quality agency with a great brand to do great stuff with your partner program. And then ideally, as long as Thomas and the team are okay with it, getting involved in co-marketing and co-selling relationships. Um, and then Mike, one last thing on the co-selling side, because everyone asks, are you doing co-selling? And if so, how do you like to co-sell with agencies? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's where the, the first sort of success story came from, really. Open communication, you know, preparation of the, the meet with the, the end user client. This is what we're looking to achieve from this. This is how the structure would typically look. You know, are you guys okay with that? Anything you want to add? Anything you want us to sort of leverage? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious if uh, if you're using any account mapping routines. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that's probably one of the, the big things for us in the partner program is, you know, getting that receptiveness or willingness to share that kind of data. Because one, once we have that, that's, that's where the work of a partner manager from a business development sense really kicks in, I think. Like you've got the, you know, the, the engaging and rapport and, the, the the challenging for an idea or whatever it might be but that's when you know I feel like I can truly get to work on a partner as right I now got I've got the lay of the land with the partner I've got the lay of the land with the client base um what business development efforts what business cases can I you know provide to make this as easy as possible for them um and then back to that point that we touched on earlier around you know would, would I be comfortable to let an agency no matter who it was you know, just go straight at it and, and go for it. Probably not, no, because um, I've seen it happen and I've, I've seen it fail. So as long as there's that two-way communication and open lines of communication throughout, you know, things should work. Uh, ideally, yes. And uh, Tom, I'll catch you up real quick in case you're not familiar with what I'm referring to. But um, the the process that we recommend all partners that reach that status, that trusted partner status, where they know that you can sell lead forensics, and they know that you are a great implementation partner. The next step would be to have a go-to-market strategy that includes setting the attribution first. And to do that, you 
map accounts. So use a tool like our sponsor, sharework.co to allow you to see sort of the Venn diagram of who's in Mike's database, lead forensics database. That is also in my database at some level in the pipeline, some stage in the pipeline, but also what's on either side. How much opportunity do I have in my database that's not currently looking at lead forensics, not in their pipeline? Same thing, vice versa. And you set that attribution from the start. Then when you guys start co-marketing together, you publish a case study, you do a webinar together, you do a white paper together, you can start to look back at that account mapping uh, drill, that, that dashboard where you see your mapped accounts. And you can actively see people going from one side to the other. And that can be your source of attribution to measure the success of the partnership in itself, because people will see you talk about lead forensics on LinkedIn. They may not go through your service, get onto your service, but they may go over to lead forensics and join lead friends, but they came out of your pipeline at some stage, right? So it's uh, it's very interesting to map accounts. We suggest everybody do that before they do a big co-marketing endeavor, of course. Um, so if you want to talk more about that, we can talk offline. But Tom, what is your go-to-market plan with Lead Forensics? What would you like to have back from Lead Forensics to make sure that you are successful with this partnership? Anything at all that you're hoping to lean on Lead Forensics for? Sure. So there's four sales folks at our agency and one that is the point person on marketing. So we kind of got five people that are, are taking these meetings and building this program. Um, I'm one of those salespeople. So currently we're, we're, we're reaching out to our current clients and we're really beginning these conversations and beginning these pitches. And from these conversations, we're building an FAQ doc of really what what questions, what are the things that they're concerned about? What are the things that they get excited about? And we're building that internally. We're obviously tapping into the lead forensics team to help us clarify uh, answers on those questions that we may need support and help with. That long-running FAQ document is going to be you know, obviously, obviously shared amongst the sales and marketing team here at SiteSeeker. So when we go into that next conversation, we're, we're better equipped to answer those questions. So there's obviously internal learning that's going on with every conversation that we're having. Uh, I think there's a lot of value in inviting the lead forensics team into these sales conversations. I've had several at this point. Uh, the very first conversation I'm, I'm taking on my own and I'm introducing it. I obviously have a, a sales deck that we've put together, um, leaning on the assets that lead forensics has passed over to us. Those first conversations are, are, are going really, really well. And once the trial is opened up, Lead Forensics opens up the account, we're beginning to track uh, the leads coming onto these websites. I, my plan is to invite Lead Forensics in that meeting number two or meeting number three so they can be a resource for us, ask really any technical, um, answer any technical questions that come up, and really just be a, a supporting team member, an extension of our team. And I love that about this relationship, and I feel much more comfortable having them in on those conversations. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll need to be delicate since it's white labeled on, on the introductions and, and how we're going to be playing that, but still new. We're still feeling our way through it. But I like that that, that resource is available to us. Uh, as far as go to market, we're, we're building all of those assets, building landing page, building emails. We have our, our strategy in place of how we want to be messaging this, how we want to be selling this, what those initial conversations look like. And we're, we're currently working on buttoning all of that up. Um, and it's we're, we're feeling really good about it. And now that trade shows are beginning to open, uh, we do some you know we webinars and local and regional speaking events as well as um, a couple national ones. And in two weeks, a colleague and, and myself were speaking at an event in Las Vegas, and this is going to be our, our big hook that we're we're trying to uh, push as part of our our speech. 
That's fantastic to hear. So you guys have it all laid out. There's going to be a whole lot going on from your side. And then Mike, um, anything in that that you guys are planning to get involved in? Are there any um, discussions on on the team side of how you guys plan to talk about this white label relationship to users of lead forensics? This is important too. If, if uh, someone mentions it, they're coming through your funnel. I mean, there's, there's different ways to kind of talk about it, but what, what have you guys decided internally on what you're going to get involved in? I think the attribution modeling part of it is really important. Um, and so, you know, we're very hot on that side of things. I guess the thing that comes to mind in terms of um, promoting this opportunity and promoting the expertise of, you know, SiteSeeker and what they're doing with Lead Forensics, how they're, you know, wrapping their services around it. Um, I think at that point, you know, we obviously revert back to the non-white label message, really. It will be, you know, the Lead Forensics audience. Um, but like we did one yesterday, we had a, a telemarketing partner on who've seen a, a huge uplift in conversions versus their sort of standard data. I think we had sort of 2,000 people on that uh, webinar um, so gated for our customer audience. So, you know, for us, anybody who's utilizing the data in the right way and, and turning it into bottom line revenue, great. Let's talk about it. Let's shout from the rooftops. Exactly. I mean, this is the thing. It's It, it comes from both sides and you guys have a lot to offer on the co-marketing side of things. You guys have much bigger company, more salespeople more of a presence, obviously a bigger newsletter, uh, more traffic to the blog. You guys have a whole lot to offer on the lead forensic side of things, but it is a white label relationship. So there's a little bit of let's figure out if this is going to work before we start um, really talking about it. Uh, because I'm sure the marketing team, the branding team are a little bit concerned. They usually are when a white label relationship kicks off. Uh, there's a little bit of branding concern, which is totally, you know, it makes sense. You know, it's logical. So I, that's what I like to hear from the partnerships team. And what what have you and maybe the marketing team talked about with white labeling, maybe even up the ladder? Um, what have you guys talked about internally? Yeah, brand guidelines is important, right? Uh, with, the, with the marketing team, you've just got to have an agreement, set those um, brand guidelines out in the, you know, we stay within a certain track and we're all good. And then, I mean, another another good example of one is um, uh, another agency over in the UK uh, basically consuming our data, pumping it into, you know, same sort of process that SiteSeeker are going to be doing. So there's the internal communication element of it as well, right? Not not necessarily always the co-market external to the, the big wide world, but you, you touched on it, you know, in terms of our business, we've probably got... Uh, somewhere in the region of sort of 200, 300 customer facing people. So, you know, them having a deck with, with the site seeker brand on it. And it's all well and good having this awesome data here. But how do you consume it? What do you do with it? How do you put it into a process? Naturally, those those referrals and, and that, that I guess that expertise from the agency side is demonstrated in that deck. And it gives the, the customer facing guys confidence to you know, put this in front of their customers that this is how it's done. This is is, is a great practice. Um, and inevitably, they, they go and find the, the site seekers as well. Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like everybody's pretty aligned. Um, there's definitely that level of caution and protection. Of course, there has to be, but it's working. It's 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 kicked off. You are activated. Of course, you've got, a f sounds like a few sites, Tom, 
with the, um, the JavaScript in place and you've got it kind of working. Uh, and now there's go to market, training the sales team, making sure assets and everything are in place, having more conversations, creating a sales engine around it. And I think from what I hear, it sounds like this is going to be super successful. You guys will create a case study. There will be a lot of co-marketing afterwards, and maybe there will be a lot more of these types of relationships for lead forensics in the future, but they're going to make sure that you guys have everything you need in the, in the meantime and are given that sort of level of appreciation for everything that you guys are doing to spearhead this as well. If it is successful, I think this could turn out to be a really awesome partnership. Any final thoughts, Tom, from you on the relationship, anything else, partner enablement? anything at all. Yeah, I just want to emphasize the mutually beneficial relationship that we're trying to get out of this. They're serving a purpose, something that they're experts in, a solution that we can't provide without them. And and obviously there's resources that we're bringing into the mix, supporting marketing services that we're adding into the mix that's going to make the lead forensics tool much more successful on, on as it relates to the clients and their efforts, right? I spoke to a, a girl that I'm friends with the other day. I was poking around on you know, what, what tools her company's using. And I brought up lead insights and described, you know, what, what it looks like. And she said, are, are you talking about lead forensics? We had that on our site a couple of years ago. And I was like, okay, interesting. Let me learn more about why you're no longer working with them. Right. Was it, did you not have anybody that was actually signing in and using it? And how come there wasn't value in that tool three years ago? And that's when I'm going to step in and hopefully, you know, it turns into a, a good conversation. I mean, able to invite the sales forensics team into the mix here and we can learn why it didn't work out three years ago and what we can do this time around to provide them with the support to get more value out of the tool. Because I know the tool itself provides value. So that leads me to believe immediately that there must not have been enough support at that time to really get true value out of it and to do something with those leads that the tool is picking up on. Did they not have anybody that was even signing into it? Did they, were they not doing anything on the email side? Were they not reporting and, and analyzing if the, you know, the quality of those leads was sales totally out of the mix? I don't know what those answers are, but when I get those answers, I'm going to be able to build a much better, you know, case around why it's going to work this time around. I mean, I think Michael is uh, very happy to have you, Tom. I mean, you're way ahead of most agencies out there with structurally creating this partnership engine that you are. Um, you're you're way 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 ahead. So um, that's awesome, uh, Mike. Uh, any any final thoughts on white labeling? Any words of wisdom for the listeners on creating and enabling these types of co-branded or white label relationships with partners? Uh, yeah, I, I guess um, enablement. Enablement, 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 mutual confidence in that process, paramount before we do anything. And I just wanted to touch on um, the point that Tom raised there. I think it's a great point. You know, there's there's a lot of MarTech solutions out there that have been underutilized or, you know, they for whatever reason, they haven't, like Tom said, right, there's value in the product. So what, what was wrong with the process? So I think there's a huge amount of value for agencies out there in just, you know, what they do best, taking taking something and making it work. Yeah, that's, that's the name of the game here. So you guys are doing a great job enabling Tom and the agency. They're doing a great job doing, I think, uh, above and beyond with regards to setting up that sales system. It sounds like it's going to be successful from what I hear. Uh, and then, yeah, anybody listening, if you guys need to um, hear more, learn more about this, uh, the suggestion is always to post 
a comment in collective.partnerprograms.io. Mike is in there. He can probably uh, answer a question or two if he has the time, but I'll always answer questions in there. And then Tom, you and the agency are invited to the other side of the community, which is community.partnerprograms.io, which is where we train and enable agencies on how to grow on the backs of tech partnerships. So both of you have your own communities. Tom, we're a resource if you ever need it, but sounds like you guys are on a roll and this is going to be super successful. So I thank you both for joining. Thanks guys. Both of you take care.